Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio, episode number three. Um, Val and uh, my great co-host, Jason. Morning, Val. How's everybody doing? I'm doing great. I hope you are. Yes, sir. Um, we can uh, jump right into it. Um, we've been, we were off for a couple of weeks here, but um, you know, we had some repeat winners again with uh, Kyle Busch winning back-to-back from uh, Phoenix and Fontana, and then um, Brad Keselowski winning, who won uh, also the race in Atlanta. So he's two wins, and Kyle Busch is two wins. And then we had Denny Hamlin win uh, in Texas, who also won Daytona. So uh, we have a lot of repeat winners here. Um, just low, uh, Joey Logano's with the, with the sole win. What's surprising, though, is that Stuart Haas Racing hasn't had any any winners yet, but um, and I know we covered some of the cards. Um, you know, like I, I always say that you know they're great value. The Kyle Busch rookies in 2004 and Brad Keselowski in I think it was 2009, and then uh, Denny Hamlin in let me see. Talked about him in Daytona, 2005. Yeah, yep. So I haven't seen any uh, market movement on those, so those are still great uh, pickups. I don't know if we talked about it before, but I was going to check on my cards, and somebody had a sale going on, and you could pick up pack certified Kyle Busch autograph cards for like 15 bucks. I don't know how you can beat that. Oh yeah, I mean, anytime it's a rookie, rookie potential Hall of Famer. I mean, honestly, the way that it is now, fifteen dollars for certified All Star uh, autograph cards is a pretty good price. Uh, yeah, and I think um, you know he doesn't sign cards. I don't know if we've talked about this on the show before, but I've had I've had some luck with him, and then I've had a lot, not a lot of luck with him uh, in person signing cards, and he will not sign through the mail cards. He'll sign diecasts and stuff like that. But if you join his fan club and the Friday before the 600, he has a fan day and you can get two autographs from him um, and some of his truck drivers. So um, I did that last year and it was uh, about 100, 200 people there. But I um, was able to get uh, two Kyle Busch uh, rookies autographs. So I thought that was a win and then saw uh, Harrison Burton and Todd Gilland and um, Riley Herbert and uh, Noah Gregson, I think it was. And actually, Noah Gregson was cool because he's like, where did you get those cards from? Which was his, um, I think it was 2017 Absolute. He's like, you know, do you get them on eBay or whatever? I said, no, you can get them, you know, get boxes and packs at um, at the Walmart and Target around here. So it was funny to see the drivers not knowing, you know, I guess – when Panini comes to them, they give them boxes of cards and they open them, but you know they don't know the distribution stuff. So, so it was cool. I'm so, curious. Uh, yeah, I'm curious about Kyle Busch. Is there a reason that he doesn't sign cards? Because usually, you know, I've gotten autographs at all kinds of events, and you know, the one thing I can remember from going to golf events is that the golfers hated signing golf balls. But they would sign cards all day, and usually cards are the most accessible 
collectible for everybody. Uh, so to me, that's really odd that Bush doesn't want to sign cards. Have you ever heard of a reason? No. I, so when he basically said, get that S away from me, but he was signing cars, diecast cars, and photos at that same thing. And, um, you know, I've had some drivers say, you know, like Jamie McMurray saying, you know, I'm not signing today, which is fine, you know. But um, at least that's everything. <laughs> right. So so that's kind of intrigued me to, about the fan club. And so when I called to verify that he will sign cards, the lady said yes. And the only thing that she kind of told me was that it was – if they didn't send cards, it was – she didn't have to keep up with all the cards and all the different cards, I guess, and to make sure the right car got back to the right person maybe. But I don't know yeah. what that would do for in-person, and I don't know what their signing deals are um, with Panini or whatever, or he's got something else. But like I said, for the fan day, I put two cards down, and, you know, he did not say a word. You know, he was nice. Like, a, you get a picture t- with them, whatever. So um, maybe he was having – uh, a bad day or whatever, but to not sign cards, you know, to, like I said, through the mail, and of course he's getting bigger, bigger. Uh, he is a huge star um, for the sport with his um, over 200 combined top three series or his 53 wins, I think it is. And uh, before I got came on, I was looking. He's at 53 wins, so his next win ties him with Lee Petty at 54 and then 55 is rusty wallace so he's getting up there to the to the top 10 in just cup wins then you go from 55 to 76 for dale earnhardt senior um but you know he's getting up there so be able to get a certified pack autograph for 15 bucks uh, i was and whoever was having the sales like they were all on sale I was like you know which one do you get and some of them are numbered to 40 or 25 or and I was like, you know, the first sale signs on, and I don't know how you can go wrong. So <laughs> it's uh, that's why I love NASCAR cards, man. Yeah, I mean, it's I still have that outsider's point of view a little bit, and it's just it's crazy to me that there's such a such a difference in the market just between the sports, uh, especially the way that some of the fans are for NASCAR. You would think that it would transfer over to the cards uh, with I mean, there's a huge population out there that collects the cars uh, themselves. But you know, going back to what we said about the autographs, you know, cards are so accessible. I'm really surprised that the values haven't risen over the years. Well, I'm hoping you know Panini will change that and and bring that awareness. I've been to the NASCAR Hall of Fame at some signing events, and I had some cars in my hand, and the people didn't know, you know, like where did you get them from. You know, packs and cards, uh, packs and boxes and stuff, and you know they were surprised. So I think maybe it's people just aren't aware of that. And maybe um, I mean you know follow baseball and baseball cards. Everybody, you know, my first introduction to baseball, you know, was probably in the late '70s with you know when I lived in New York, the Yankees and stuff. And then cards were a natural, quick um, thing because everybody collected cards. So I don't know. NASCAR and NASCAR trading cards are a smaller segment. But Panini, you know, has a lot more reach now than Press Pass probably ever did. <clears throat> and the folks who collected Max back in 88, that was, you know, massive. But kind of all that died down in 
in the late 90s. So I'm hoping um, and he can bring that back. And NASCAR's doing a lot to change uh, NASCAR. I know it's probably going to, the traditionalists will not be happy with it, but next year the schedule is changing. Um, usually, I think it was since 2002, the finale's been at Homestead in Miami, but they're moving it to Phoenix in 2020, and they're in the July 4th race is usually always Daytona. So Daytona starts it in uh, February, and then it comes back around in July, and they start revisiting the tracks again. But it's going to be actually at Indy. So um, NASCAR is doing a lot of different things to shake it up. And like I said, now is a great time to get into NASCAR. And, you know, we even talk about up-and-coming drivers too. So I think there's a lot of great things ahead for NASCAR. So not to skip ahead because I don't know what you kind of had – earmarked for next, but, you know, I couldn't help but think about the car uh, situation with Panini when you were talking about Panini reaching more fans and bringing more awareness. Um, I don't know if you want to go ahead and start uh, discussing that situation a little bit and what's going to happen with their new car. Yeah, I, yeah, I was uh, yesterday, uh, you know, on Twitter I saw Gary Golding tweeting out his new sponsor there or Bristol, which was the Panini America car. And I just had to do a double and triple take because, um, you know, that is so awesome and the possibilities. And um, I don't know what that relates maybe to uh, hockey and baseball, but it was, you know, so cool to see them, um, you know, tying that brand to the, to the sport. So it's a good-looking car. Yeah, and one thing I noticed is, there will be two cars, and correct me if I'm wrong, there will be two cars. There will be one for Saturday's Xfinity race, and then also for Sunday, and correct me if I say any of this wrong, but for Sunday's Food City 500. So there will be two different cars, correct? Yes, there's two cars. So two cars of sheet metal. <laughs> and Bristol is a half-mile track. Uh, if you're familiar with Bristol, it's a small short track. It's almost like taking uh, a football stadium and dropping it in a racetrack. So um, it's open at the, at the top, you know, like um, I'm trying to think of some small football stadium. And I don't know, Chicago comes to mind. But And they actually ran tough in Chicago, I guess, way back in the 50s or 60s. But um, it is really cool. It has high banking of um, – I think 26 to 30 degree banking, which is very pretty steep if you ever try to stand on it. Um, so it's kind of like in a fishbowl, and it's you don't have to worry about aero packages. So basically, uh, it's all about track position and um, trying to get up front, and um, uh, you know because there's not you don't have to worry about your aero package uh, drafting or anything like that. So uh, there's a lot of bumping and banging. So that car. Uh, will probably get banged up, which means they'll be done with it, and then there'll be plenty of sheet metal, so it would be cool. I, I wouldn't be surprised um, if if they get some sheet metal pieces, and I don't think they would necessarily hold them for a NASCAR set. Um, I would, wouldn't be surprised to see these in, like, a Father's Day, um, Black Friday, Cyber Monday set, where they have all the – 
not the weird relics, but all the interesting, like the Santa hats and the towels and the wristbands and stuff. I could definitely see it in those. Um, but also one thing in the press release from Panini, which I thought was smart on their part and kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier uh, with collectors not really knowing that cards were out there and where to get them. Um, in the press release, it says, you know, all this stuff about Gray and Golden, Gray Golding and the team, uh, but it says the NASCAR trading cards that fans can purchase at Walmart, Target, hobby stores, and then online at the website. Uh, so I thought that was very smart on their part to mention Walmart and Target because, you know, for a lot of people, that's where they're buying their cards now. Yeah, I did notice that on the hood um, about Target and Walmart, which, uh, uh, you, you know, isn't just – yeah, uh, on the, oh, on the hood yeah, part. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I thought it was good where it's just not NASCAR trading cards. It was just, you know, Panini trading cards. So, um, you know, you know, the, all the cross-branding. And I don't – well, you were talking about the Father's Day. I was like, a, um, man, it would be nice to have something for the national set. would be really cool. Or – Yeah, that would be um, the stuff. That would be really cool. Um, and then – you know, we're going to talk about the new release coming up here, but in July at the National, I think it was last year, they had Certified come out. So maybe the earliest they can get in is either Certified or a National thing. So that'd be really cool. Um, you know, just trying to bring awareness to it and, and uh, cross-branding. And, you know, you think about all the, uh, the cards that they could have, and I don't know if if he has a fire suit, but, you know, a panini patch, some of the folks, you know, just collect the Monster Energy patches or the driver's name patches 101. So um, there's just so many different cool possibilities to have panini having a paint scheme on a car. So, like I said, I was just so excited yesterday to see that. Now, tell me, because this is somebody I've never heard of, um, where does Gray Galding rank? Is he, you know, a veteran, a rookie, an up-and-comer? You know, where is he at? Because um, this is their first sponsorship, and I thought it was interesting, and I don't know what relationships they have, but I'm glad that they're doing the sponsorship, but I was a little surprised that it was somebody that, you know, I haven't heard of, not to say that that means anything, uh, but from an, the outsider, not the NASCAR super fan, you know what I mean? So where yes. is Greg Golding on the scope of drivers? So I learned of Greg Golding. His first, car, his first cards are in 2012. I think it's 2012, and he's in that Young Guns, and um, because Ryan Blaney's in there and uh, Daryl Wallace is in there. And I think he had like a, I remember Greg Golding because he his one of his sponsors was Krispy Kreme at the time, so he's a lower level driver, um, and he's running for a single single team, and um, I mean it's very hard for them to compete, and I don't think well if I remember right looking up because I was looking up uh, the team and more information about it. And part of the team or part of the marketing is in Texas, which made sense because that's where Panini's at. But I think the race shop is here in Mooresville, in, uh, right above Charlotte. So 
he, um, I think he's a good driver. Um, and he's been doing, I'm trying to remember, I looked at his um, results the last uh, couple of Xfinity races. But, uh, you know, it, it's probably cheaper for Panini to come in at one of those teams than, say, um, I'm trying to think of uh, um, a Joe Gibbs Xfinity team or something like that, So, or a uh, uh, Richard Childress Racing Xfinity team. Yeah, I mean, the financial part of it definitely makes sense. Um, I just was kind of curious if maybe there was some background history or maybe they were kind of prospecting themselves or, you know, any of that sort of stuff. So, no, that all makes sense, though. Yeah, because if you, if you were trying to get at the top-notch driver, you know, you'd probably go after Christopher or Bell or uh, Cole Custer, one of those guys. But <clears throat> it's interesting it's in – Bristol, because, like I said, Bristol's kind of like a little fishbowl, and it's not really on arrow. So, um, you know, it's not like a Daytona or Talladega where you need to have a really good car and have really good arrow package and, and draft and to stay up in front and get mentioned, you know, um, by the announcers. and Because it's all going to be about screen time. And so in Bristol, it's small and it's not an arrow thing. So this uh, smaller teams can compete pretty well. With, with the bigger team. So uh, this is probably a good choice for Panini to get airtime. And hopefully, um, I don't know if we talked about it before, <clears throat> excuse me, that Panini produced a set for the Fox announcers. So the Fox announcers are, you know, somewhat familiar with Panini. So, you know, trying to hope to get as much airtime and ha- as much advertisement um, because ultimately that's, you know, what it is. It's, a, it's advertisement for everybody. Yeah, we have not actually talked about it on uh, the podcast here, but we both, I think, kind of mentioned and retweeted it on on our uh, individual Twitters. And it seems like it's a hard set to get. Have you gotten any more information on it or if they're available, you know, at, any of the races or anything like that? Are those sets available to the public? Do you know? I, since Daytona, I have not heard a peep about it, and I have not um, uh, pursued it. I will probably um, start working maybe some back channels and try to find more information about it. Of course, that's, you know, out of the bag now. But um, because I'd be curious um, to see how many they made, and they were giving them away, but I really didn't see, I don't know if you did, uh, who got them. And I haven't heard I anybody not. on Twitter, yeah, or anybody on Twitter say, "Hey, you know, I got these," or because um, me, uh, a couple other NASCAR collectors are are interested. You know, I'm interested to see what's on the back, what they look like. Um, you know, if you can buy them or you know whatever, I think um, that's good. But um, you know, last year I approached Mike Joy about you know trying to get. NASCAR cards, how come they weren't on TV? Because I had seen a preseason game last year. It was a Mets game on ESPN, and they showed um, one of the players in a 1986 Tops card. And I thought, wow, that's awesome. How come NASCAR doesn't do any of that? So, you know, I, I approached Mike Joy about it, and he he used to be on cards back in the early 90s when Max made cards. They had the announcers on there, and he didn't realize they made cards anymore. I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely they still make cards. So, um, I think this is great that Panini 
made the cards the announcer so that they're all at least aware of NASCAR cards um, and the market. And now with the Panini car, I think, you know, that's, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, they are, I'm searching eBay as we're, as I'm listening to you talk about it, they are nowhere to be found. Um, so yeah. I would say if anybody gets their hands on them, it's definitely a rare item. Uh, I can't imagine they're going to be cheap unless somebody, you know, puts them for sale and doesn't realize what they have. But you would think if they were publicly available, they'd be on eBay at least, and there is nothing. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on these. These seem to be very hard to get. Yeah, maybe uh, if, if anybody from Panini listens, uh, it'd be nice a little uh, uh, VIP set or something at the National. So. Yeah, so we did get information yesterday about the Victory Lane. Uh, it's the next set for 2019 from Panini. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the second year for Victory Lane. They had a 2018 set, and that was their debut for Victory Lane, correct? Yeah, and it kind of follows the same mold <clears throat> as last year where they have Donruss as the first release and then Victory Lane. Um, uh, I think reading some of um, the press release that you guys had was that there's four hits, a box, two autos, and two memorabilia. Um, so and this should be um, possibly on-card autos and then um, new updated uniform informations that um, Panini got at the media day or media week back in late January. So uh, this is going to be the start of um, all the new photos and stuff. So did they say yeah. how many is still a 100-card set? Well, um, actually, that is not part of the this, sell this sheet here. Um, I'll just run through real quick what I do have. Um, yes. The configuration looks like it's the exact same as last year. Ten cards per pack, four packs per box. 16 boxes per case, and two 16 boxes per master case, and then two eight-box inners. Um, and then the box break you kind of mentioned, four hits, two apiece, two autographs, two memorabilia, uh, four inserts, and then eight pedal-to-the-metal holographic inserts. Uh, so that's in each box. Uh, so 40 cards, you're getting four hits. That's a pretty good ratio. Um, every case has a top six driver autograph. Um, I've seen this a few times. Can you explain a little bit more what would be considered a top six autograph? I'm putting you on the spot. but Yeah, I was going to say. Um, so I, I mean, I kind feel... of have a feeling I'd, it's kind of the top six names that most people right. would know. It's going to be... Yeah, it's going to probably be a Danica, a Kevin Harvick, a Kyle Busch, uh, Jimmy Johnson. Um, Dale. A Dale Earnhardt Jr. Was that? Is he still considered in the top six, or is he kind of considered a legend now? <laughs> I think he's still in there. Um, okay. I thought he was in the Dunruss as a legend, so they're going to include him and I, um, you know, even like with Danica, she's not running, but I, um, she's in the 2019 uh, Dunra, so she, maybe she's a sticker. I don't know. Gotcha. <clears throat> but I, yeah, I've seen them do something like that before, so that's pretty cool. And I'm curious about um, the patches 
I, when I opened the 2018 victory lane, it seemed like each inner case had a 101 patch, which people go crazy over. Um, you know, people try to get the driver's names. If, you know, um, I'm coming to mind some of the guys I've seen on Facebook um, groups and stuff. If you're not, if you want, if you like NASCAR cards and stuff like that, the, there's a nuts NUTS Facebook group. And um, that's a good one. And there's also a nuts um, form as well. But some of those guys, you know, um, if you pull something, you can go out there and those guys are always looking for the one-on-ones. Like so Larson or Kyle Busch or some guys just go after the Monster Energy logos or um, certain sponsors. Uh, there's one guy looking for the Larson's DC Solar stuff. So... Um, Victory Lane had some really cool um, patches. I think I pulled a Monster Energy logo for David Reagan. Um, and if you know you're looking at buying some boxes or going after a case, I was thinking maybe a, uh, an inner box case would be the way to go if you can spring it. Yeah. So it sounds like to me this almost sounds like a. Uh, certified it doesn't sound too different from certified now obviously the design is going to be different but the, the pack out seems very very similar now that made me think of now the way they constructed the box I have done some YouTube videos I love the way they constructed the box for this because it's kind of the four packs that are protected in like this clamshell shell and the, I was I think it's different than certified certified has a lot more rookies and um, and there's a wide, wider range of drivers and certified. Now, we haven't seen this, the checklist yet for Victory Lane, but, I mean, um, the only thing I can say about Victory Lane last year was that there's a lot of repeats. Um, there was, like, past winners, and there was another subset. And so you had multiples of Richard Petty, multiples of Jimmy Johnson, of different things. Um so let me tell you real quick because you you brought it up. So inserts, there's the base, of course. Uh, subsets are past winners and past champions. And then some of the memorabilia and inserts are celebrations, horsepower heroes, and then the swatches. So, yeah, you're definitely talking, I guess, repeats or whatever you want to call it. But past winners and past champions, I could definitely see some crossover and some overlap on that. And that, now it did have a rookie subset, and that's where Haley Deegan showed up last year as her first like base card. And I think she was mentioned in the marketing material, so I would imagine she's gonna have a, another base. It doesn't say. I mean, unless she's just part of the regular base, uh, but it doesn't mention a subset of rookies or young Maybe stars. It's, just that past winners. Maybe I saw her on a. Um, they were talking about an autograph. Maybe it was that. Yeah, uh, she is definitely mentioned there. Um, it says, find autographs from the legends, including Tony Stewart and Richard Petty, along with young stars Byron, William Byron, and Haley Deegan in signature swatches. So maybe okay. that's what it was. So one thing I noticed, I was looking at the Bristol schedule. So Saturday is the Xfinity race, but also there's another race on Saturday, um, for your money, and it's a K&N East 
series race. Um, I don't know if she's running in that race or not, but, you know, there's some other up-and-comers um, on the east. And I think that Derek Krause is his name. He's in one of the Dunruss next-in-line um, drivers in the that insert set in the 2019 Dunruss. I saw he won that first race. So there was a big break when Haley won her first race on that K-9 West. So that's they haven't raced again until I think um, the West is coming up here soon. So there's been a, a kind of a low for her. Um, so that should start firing back up now with um, the K-9 East and West. So it would be interesting to see how hard cards do because they've been – They've been hot. They've been dipping a little bit because of this break, but she wins another race. <laughs> it's pedal to metal again with the prices. I don't know if you followed her well, prices or not, but not since we talked about it last time. But like you're saying, we had that dip. You know the the quiet month, two months since NASCAR, since NASCAR, since Don Russ came out. But now you're talking uh, Victory Lane comes out around Memorial Day. And then that's going to go right into uh, Prism should be coming next after that, I think. And then if Certified stays around the national, like you said it did that, like you said it did last year, and then it goes national, and then it's, it's, it's for cards. I mean, right, as soon as the national hits, it's like pedal to the metal, like no pun intended. But you know, then you're talking Black Friday, Cyber Monday all that stuff, uh, Father's Day as well. So, I mean, once this victory lane hits, uh, you know, full speed ahead on these NASCAR releases. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's a lot of you know, a lot of stuff going on. And then you have all, you know, the race results as well. So um, I think she's going to run some ARCA this, re- this year as well. So um, it's going to be interesting. And just like last year, you know, Panini didn't really broadcast their full season because uh, I remember last year, like at, after the 2019 John Rose came out and they had canned um, the Panini Instant, you know, I was wondering, you know, what was next, but they had, you know, Victory Lane and Certified and, and Prism and then um, Prime. So, um, yeah, that'll be it, another it, big release, assuming that one comes out again. Yeah, but again, though, compared to the other sports, that's it for the year. And you can work and, and either work on stuff this year, work on stuff last year, as opposed to, like, you know, baseball comes to mind where you have just relentless release after release and yeah. release. So, hey, if you guys are into that, more power to you. I don't know how you do it, but. It's weird, and I don't. this could be a whole different topic, but um, I know there are di- there are collectors in every sort of, you know, realm of collectible out there that have their own system, you know, but uh, exactly like you said with NASCAR, it kind of gives you time in between releases to do stuff. Um, and with baseball, it, you know, baseball, basketball, football, it really doesn't. Hockey's a little less, but, you know, you really have to pick and choose with those sports where it seems like NASCAR, you can do a little bit of everything and still kind of get away with it. Yeah, and I know we kind of talked about it before. We, you know, the price points. You know, I was thinking, you know, in in baseball and basketball, you know, you have some cars that are worth millions, uh, thousands. Um, 
you know, if you're trying to get a, a, a 93 Derek Jeter PSA 10, it's going to cost you thousands. And, um, you know, if you're going after a Jordan rookie or a LeBron, it's going to cost you a lot and, you know, PSA 10, but NASCAR is not that way. I think the most expensive thing I've seen is, you know, maybe twelve, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500 is the top end to almost anything. Um, if somebody can, I, you know, off the top of my head, if anybody can think of something after, other than that, you know, uh, tweet me or message me on my on the Twitter. Um, you know, you got like a signed '88 Max Pack certified Dallin Hart Senior. Maybe goes for a grand or two, but that's a top end. So anyway, um, you know, everything is in reach, and everything. And you can collect the way you want to collect, and without breaking the bank. So, um, one thing that I, I I failed to mention to you that I wanted to do, um, it's something we do on my podcast, and I didn't, I don't have a hesitation in doing it because I don't think you'll have your mind. Um, and I'm going to put you on the spot. So, uh, one thing that we do on my podcast, my podcast for Steel City Collectibles and Steel City Scoop is. We do a hashtag ask Steel City Scoop, um, and then whoever asks a question, I'll pick one every episode and answer and send them a prize pack. Um, so I'm going to do it here because it was about racing cards. Um, so I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. The guy's question is from Joseph Menard. Um, it's at Menard Joseph One on Twitter. His question was, "What and when were the first NASCAR cards?" I feel like you you know this one off the top of your head. Yeah, so I've got two answers. One is if you want the answer where the driver is actually on the card or if you want okay. the car is on the card. <clears throat> and I will answer both. Yep. So back in 1970, um, Fleer produced a set called Drag Strips. But somebody at Fleer didn't understand what racing was or – or drags, drag racing. So there are Indy cars in it, and there are NASCAR cars in it. So um, Joe Leonard's he's he ran Indy, so his cards are there. And Andy Granatelli, who from STP, uh, he has his own card in there. But there is a Dan Gurney car and a um, Daryl Derringer card. And if I'm going to see if I'm getting it right here, one of them is car 121, and I don't remember what the other one is, but one's a Bud Moore car and one's a uh, Wood Brothers car. And the reason I know this is because I've gotten those cards and then had uh, Dan Gurney and um, Leonard Wood and Glenn Wood sign that card, and then I had um, Bud Moore sign the other car, who was their uh, owner for the one. So that's the first cars and those are um like a tall boy so it's on the side it's um two maybe two and a half tall and whatever it is three or four inches long <clears throat> and then the first set was a giveaway it was a 1972 stp and um in 72 um stp signed with richard petty and annie granatelli from stp he, he was trying to get stp's name out everywhere and he would he sponsored all kind of stuff like I said the indie um 
I think he won the 68 in the Indy 500 with um, Mario Andretti. And so he signed with Richard Petty, which is infamous from 72 on. STV's then with number 43. Um, and it's, I think, an 11-card set. And um, it's it's doesn't have everybody, but it's got your Richard Petty and Bobby Allison and Benny Parsons, um, uh, John... Uh, James Hilton, um, going through the list here in my head. But there's no Kelly Yarbrough, there's no David Pearson, but it's a great set. Uh, Emo Langley's in that set. Um, they're tough. They were giveaways. Uh, Andy Granatelli gave them away at the uh, Speed Street in 72, and then also at different tracks around that time. And I want to do a whole episode on the 72 STP. Um, off the top of my head, if you read the backs, there's like two different times in 71 or 70 that the stats are all from. So it looks like there was maybe two printings. And it was comprised of um, Ray Mann was the photographer, and he was instrumental in creating those hero cards that we talk about, like the like 8.5 by 10. Um, of the driver, and he did that for Indy, but he took his picture. He had a magazine called Racing Pictorial, and he took pictures in color and while everybody else was doing um, black and white for the newspapers and stuff like that, but he had a magazine with all the color photography. So if you look in that um, Racing Pictorial, you'll see some of those photos or photos like a couple of shutter snaps away from what was used in the 72 SDP. So that's probably more information you wanted to know about, but those are the two, and they were both, you know, one uh the seventy drag strips they were like in ten cent packs or whatever and then the seventy two STP they were just giveaways. Yeah, I think it was a good answer. I think okay. more information that a lot of a lot of other people would have known, so I definitely appreciate that. Oh, my my pleasure, yeah. So um uh, if you don't have a prize for him I'll uh, I'll dig something out, so Oh I got that's a great I question. I can throw throw his way, so we'll take care of that. So I like that idea, yeah. I, I love some questions, um, and, you know, what people are, are thinking and wanting to know, um, and then we can do some great giveaways. So um, we've got plenty of good stuff to give away and for the podcast and and uh, and help fellow collectors. So. Absolutely. So actually, that was all I had for today with the victory lane and the Panini car, um, unless you had some other stuff that you want to go over. No, I think uh, I want to try to keep them short and um, and not take everybody's time. So I, that's a good ending point right there, and then um, we'll come back oh, next week with some uh, more information and see uh, how Greg Galding did in, uh, in the races and uh, if he won or how much sheet metal is going to be around or whatever. So we'll talk about that next week. So. Yep. Thanks everybody for um, for listening, and uh, we'll talk next week. All right, sounds good.